Given the shortened week with markets closed tomorrow, welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending April 14th, 2022. I'm Chris Kyle, and today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist, Paul Eidelman. Paul, we're back. Yeah, good to see you, Chris. How are you? Ah, doing well, thanks. You yeah. look good. Yeah. I, let's see if we still got this. <laughs> Sounds good. Our first topic, unsurprisingly, was U.S. headline CPI posting at a notable 8.5% over the past year. Care to share on the major drivers of this figure and whether there's any expectation we've possibly peaked? Yeah, I think we probably have peaked. 8.5% is a big number uh, to peak at, but it does look like it, it will be the highest number we see here in the next few months and, and frankly, hopefully for the next few decades. Uh, under the surface of it, there were a few important drivers. On the upside was... Uh, positive effects coming through from commodity prices. We've seen a big spike in both food and energy prices this year, particularly around the war in Ukraine and disruptions uh, to gas markets and supply chains. So like within the, the surface of the inflation data, if you look at headline CPI, which includes those commodity prices, 8.5%, core CPI, excluding food and energy, 6.5%. That's a two percentage point impact from commodity prices alone, which is a, a pretty big number, frankly. So that drove a lot of the strength. There were some undercurrents there, though, that kind of do point to this idea of inflation peaking a little bit. Encouragingly, durable goods inflation, things like automobile prices, did step down pretty notably on the month. And I think our listeners will remember those categories really drove the big inflation spike in, in the summer of 2021. So that, I think, is a welcome cooling in U.S. inflation and something that should be able to continue here uh, if economies are able to continue reopening and life is able to gradually get back uh, to normal again. So I think that was an encouraging development. However, there are still some inflation problems in the system, uh, most notably in, in shelter inflation, basically the cost of housing. That's pretty high right now. Also, uh, with how strong the labor market is, we've seen a big jump up in wages and some of the, the service categories that are most sensitive to wage inflation are looking pretty hot, too. So, yes, this looks like the peak. Yes, we think the number is going to come down, but the Fed still has a job to do here, raising interest rates to try to get that, that inflation dynamic back under control and back closer to their uh, 2% target again. Well, relatedly, I know a lot of monthly and quarterly data is beginning to trickle in. So now may actually be a good time to also take a pulse check on recessionary risks. You have stagflation, the Russia-Ukraine crisis, earnings season. What is the least or most concerning to you? Yeah, I guess if we go through those, the earnings season doesn't look that concerning so far. Very early days, which is some of the big banks reporting results. But um, the early read looks reasonably positive with most of those uh, banks beating the consensus estimates. So we're seeing S&P 500 earnings growth on track for something like 7% uh, in the first quarter, which is obviously still a, a positive number and, and not really signifying major concern in the short term. Uh, the Russia-Ukraine war is still ongoing, unfortunately. There, the big focus for us is how much does it impact commodity prices and, and how much does it hurt the, the global consumer? And so we have seen some pressure there, but not yet an interruption of natural gas supplies to Europe or not yet a big enough spike in energy prices to uh, really knock down the US or European consumer. So uh, on that sort of risk channel, we're seeing some headwinds, but it doesn't look significant enough to be thinking about a recession. The, the big one, though, is, is kind of ties into what we were talking about before. The, the overshoot on inflation, the Fed pivoting towards higher interest rates, 
Um, it does look like we're starting to get later in the cycle now. Um, and that does create some vulnerabilities in terms of more elevated recession risk thinking out to the second half of um, 2023 and beyond. Well, tying everything together, let's do a quick markets roundup. Equities, the bond market, where do we stand after this week's events? Yeah, most major asset classes were down uh, moderately on the week. We saw the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield, for example, move up from 2.7% to 2.8%. So still a bit more upward pressure on yields, continuing the theme uh, from this year. And those higher interest rates did feed into some negativity in the equity market as well. Uh, globally, as measured by the MSCI all country world index stocks were down about 2% on the week through Thursday here. In the US, which is a bit more exposed to higher interest rates than other global markets, underperformed its peers, either being the emerging markets or or Europe. So yeah, generally speaking, a, a moderately down week across both bonds and equities, which we've seen uh, recently here over the last uh, couple weeks or months. Hmm. Well, I think we'll all appreciate a few days to take a breather with the long holiday ahead. And on that note, as always, thanks for taking the time, Paul. Sure. Appreciate your insights. And to all listening and viewing, be well and take care.